powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Salut tout le monde. Hey everybody. Je suis Marc Dumont. I'm Marc Dumont and I am your host for Game Over Montreal. You can see Andrew's already here, so he's going to be joining us. We're going to unmute him in just a moment. Uh, in the meantime, shout out to everyone in the chat. I am glad to see you. Looks like the chat is bumping as the youths say. Uh, great game. Fantastic. We saw the Montreal Canadiens win in the shootout. There's a lot to get to. But can we just, before we even get to anything, praise Martin Saint-Louis for putting Michael Pezzetta in the shootout and Michael Pezzetta doing the Tiger Williams. That was one of the highlights of my life, and I'm happy we were here to witness it. So again, shout out to everyone in the chat. I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces. As per usual, hi, Claire. How's it going? We're going to get into it in just one moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction. It's Canada's sports book. The hockey season is well underway. You have baseball coming around. And there's always, always some soccer to bet on, especially since Arsenal is doing so good right now. But real Arsenal fans know there's pain coming at the end of the road. You can bet pre-game, live in play. There's also a ton of prop bets. It's made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. I guess I guess we're going to go ahead and unmute uh, Andrew Berkshire and bring him into the show. How's it going, Andrew? I'm doing great. That was one of the wildest shootouts I think I've ever seen. It was funny. I texted a friend of mine. I was like, you know, shootouts aren't as fun when Nick Suzuki isn't doing like crazy Nick Suzuki <laughs> things. And then Marty St. Louis is like, you want to do some crazy shit? Kovacevic, like I, I, as the president of the Jonathan Kovacevic fan club, I don't know about that. Like I, I was just telling Andrew before the show, I don't think he's ever been chosen for a shootout in his life. Uh, but hey, man, it's it's a fun way to reward the guys that have been working hard. So it was fun to see him there. And uh, I think Tiger Williams himself would be proud of what Michael Pazetta did tonight. I 100% agree. And I think this is one of those things where like, yes, does it remind me of Michael Keaton in the 1989 Batman when he's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> you know, making these shootout decisions. And I was confused the whole time it was going on. But can you imagine how, like, we talk about our chat being bumping and the vibes being good. Can you imagine how bumping the locker room is right now and the visitors' Guys room in Buffalo? Love stuff like that. Oh my God. Like, they must be so happy for Michael Pozzetta to, to figure that out and yeah. for Marty St. Louis to put him in that position. And yeah, was it not so stealthily maybe trying to tank? possibly <laughs> no not but... anymore it's the be it's the best gambit it's, it's schrodinger's tank like you don't know until if it happens oh yay it was a good move and if they don't well i was giving them a try like brilliant it's it's 40 chess man i mean no matter what you say about it right like if you think that he was trying to tank or if you think that the canadians should have tried harder to tank or whatever like they weren't going to get a more unlikely couple of choices than Kovacevic and Michael Pozzetta, right? And I got to say, we've talked about Michael Pozzetta a lot uh, on this show, right? About like how he's elevated his game since Belzil yes. and Harvey Pennard entered the picture. Like, the guy has skill. Is he going to be a huge part of this team going forward? I don't know, but I think he's going to be an NHLer for a good stretch here. I think he's carved out a, a niche for himself. Yeah. He's not just a tough guy anymore. He's actually playing hockey. And, man, I, I love to see it for those kinds of players. And I know people are so focused on the future and, and, and the tank and all that. But 
there's going to be some stuff that we're going to talk about towards the end of this show that I think should give some people some more positivity about where the Canadians are right now. Absolutely. And, and okay, the, I, I won't go into my Michael Pizzetta and Laval story. Okay, maybe I will real quick, but he's first guy on the ice every time. And he really got dogged by, by Joël Bouchard. Like he worked so hard. And the whole time Joël Bouchard was saying, if you work hard, I'll give you chances. And the chances went down. So it was only once Hull came in and then he got his chance in Montreal that he really started to flourish. But again, this guy was at practice 15 minutes before everyone, 15 minutes after for four years where he was really not playing a lot. And if we look at his production, Andrew, I mean, what was that's Five, you're looking at five, six goals in 55 games. So eight goals a year on the fourth line. Were you really not getting much action? He's outproducing a lot of the guys that have been playing above him. So yeah, I, I we really need to give Pizzetta a little bit more credit because Belzil and Rafael Arvipinal have take, have stolen the headlines, but he's one of the fantastic stories for the Canadians. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him. And yes, we're going to get to Gallagher's 200th. I noticed the chat, we're talking about Gallagher's 200th. Heart and soul of the team, so happy for that. We're going to talk about, as well, Mike effing Matheson. Oh, How many man. spinoramas can he do in one season? It Man, his edges must be so razor sharp. Like, so the Canadian's equipment manager is on that. <laughs> Spartan style, uh, yeah, 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 sharpness. Jordan Harris, as well. I, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I think he's emerging as more than just a really good player on the ice. And also the pride of Saint-Éloi, Alex Maudit-Belzil. He's, he's, again, one of these guys that I've followed for a long time. I'm super happy. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into some more and maybe even talk about a player who might come to Montreal next year or the year after that in the third segment. Let's start. Let's start with Mike Matheson. Like, have you, who's the last player to change the complexion of the team as much when he's in the lineup? Uh, from the back end, I would say P.K. Subban. And I, I'm not I'm not gonna compare nope. them because I think that Matheson has some of those dynamic qualities, but maybe mm -hmm. he's not like the two way force that Subban was in his prime. But man, they both love the spinorama. I'll tell you that Matheson is <laughs> wildly entertaining, and I just continue to love. Like I, I know his brother, uh, another great guy who I worked with uh, at Sport Logic, and you know it. It's the family having this moment where I know it's not a good year for the organization overall in terms of like success, but yeah, he's having this fantastic year despite these injuries. He's home. You know, it's such a cool thing. And I just think the way that the Canadians are moving, if things go the way I think Hughes and Gorton want them to go, they're going to be competitive while Matheson is still a very good yeah. player. That's exciting to me because yeah, he deserves to have that chance. And he makes all the forwards look better as well. I mean, he's not just good in transition. He's their transition. And I, I think if if him and Emily, you know, really want to put their kids into hockey, there's no, there's no, when you look at that pedigree of, of Emily Matheson and Mike Matheson, I mean, she's got all the championships, right? He's got a little bit True. of NHL cred. I think their kids are bound to do great things, uh, you know, wherever they end up. Okay. We are going to talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois, though. The chat, some people are already poo-pooing it. Don't poo-poo our third segment. We're going to get there. We're going to talk about it. Uh, me, For me, Matheson, the most important thing, I know we talked about transition, but he's really good at puck retrieval. Maybe not puck retrieval in the sense that he'll go and win the battle, but he's going to go grab it and come out of the corner before you get a chance to reach him. And um, there's not a ton of players on this roster, I think, that are great at puck retrieval. So just everything about him, 
works perfectly with the style that Martin Saint-Louis is trying to put in place too. So that's the exciting part about um, Mike Matheson. Okay, shout out to the chat. We have Paul here who's in Boston. Absolutely. Half my family, the Kennedys, they're all in Boston, Southeast, actually. Let us know where you're from in the chat. And shout out to everyone that comes in every night. I, I see you all there. I see you, King of the North, Claire. Hi, Claire. Uh, Alyssa, Adam. There's just too many to name. You're all amazing. We love you. And uh, we're going to get into your questions if you have any. But before that, let's talk about Jordan Harris. What, 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 what's your impression of Jordan Harris so far in his rookie year? I, I, the one thing that continually comes to mind uh, for Jordan Harris to me is not even hockey. It's leader. He is a leader. He not just a leader on a hockey team. He strikes me as a leader of men, if you know what I mean. And not to exclude anyone who isn't a man, but it's just that's the expression leader of men. Right. I, I think this guy, if he ran for office, would win. He's so smart, so socially conscious. And he's as a rookie, you have so much to lose in the NHL by speaking out and trying to like be what hockey isn't, which is, you know, standing on a pedestal a little bit and trying to move things forward. And he consistently does that. He's continually coming back to it. He's not somebody who's just going to say one thing and then shy away. And I believe it's going to be a lot more through his career than just words. There's going to be major actions to back up what he's saying. And I'm assuming that he's already making major actions, but like, he just impresses me on every possible level. I don't know if I can add to that. That was perfect. <laughs> That's exactly it. You know, seriously, it's not just to me, two things happen this year is that he emerged as a very good player when we weren't sure about that, but he's emerged as a leader in the NHL. And I think he's already spoken stronger, more important words than a lot of other big time leaders in the NHL. So let's just, I'm going to leave it at that, but he's just, he's a guy that, you know, you'll eventually see him as the president of the NHLPA and 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 the Habs are lucky to have someone of such integrity on, on their roster. Someone that's that's Agreed. just so smart and, and, and he's fun. He, he's a great guy to be around. I know he's one of the nicest guys in the locker room. So the Habs are blessed to have Jordan Harris in the mix. We have uh, Alyssa's in uh, Taiwan. Ni hao. Woshir Zheng hao bu hao. Which I believe, if I remember my ninth grade Mandarin is, um, my Mandarin's not good. <laughs> that's what that's what that means do you know how to say ireland in in mandarin andrew ireland no yeah ireland that's it that's oh, perfect <laughs> yeah and and mark is at maca yeah and i and i, I remember maybe four more words okay so other than harris there's another is he a rookie is alex benzel a rookie at that does he, i think he is <laughs> at 31 he? <laughs> i don't think he qualifies but i mean Under kinda the rule no <laughs> How, basically how a rookie but man is he ever impressive just like i know i've gone on and on about his story but how many people would have given up you know you you end up he was with hamilton doing really good got that concussion you know they obviously that's the rough part in the nhl it's like yeah we'll take care of you while you have your brain injury but if your contract runs out you know get out um ended up with like the Gwinnett warriors it's, it's a laundry list of echl teams that sound like they're made by a name generator Ended up in the, with the Alaska Aces, and he got benched in the ECHL. Like that's, you can't get much lower in North American professional hockey. And then worked his way up, not just to, like to the AHL, becoming an All Star. That's cool. He's one of the top ten points per sixty leaders in the NHL. Like <laughs> I feel like 
Alex Belzil's again, love Rafael Rivipinard, but Alex Belzil deserves almost as much credit, not just for the story, but the impact he's making on the ice. Yeah, and he's raising his teammates around him, right? Like we talk about Pizzetta and yeah, it's it's almost like uh, Belzil got put on the roster and Pizzetta felt like he was allowed to play more dynamic hockey, right? He was allowed to play more than just dump it in and try to chase it down, try to hit guys. And he still does that, but he yeah. also now will cut to the middle and try to take nice shots and go for rebound opportunities. And yeah, a hundred percent. And I think Belzil, what he changed more than anything was he like the Canadians, they're on an unsustainable run in terms of shooting percentage right now. Oh, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Like 25% for Benzin, 25% for Kishal, oh, 25% but like, for Yulinin. Like, yeah. Like, at one point, Yulinin had like four goals in five games and he had yeah. four goals on four shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dom <laughs> is losing his mind right now. Like, Dom. For sure, right? <laughs> so many cautions. At the same time, I think part of the reason why they're able to have... Because like those unsustainable things are partially luck and partially players doing things that they can't continue to do for a full 82 game season. Right. Mm -hmm. What the Canadians have done in this stretch more than anything, I think is they've run four scoring lines. They're not, they don't have like a a line that's just out there to waste time. And it's not like Belzil and Pizzetta don't bring energy, but they're also out there with one mission and that's to score goals. So when you've got four lines that can score, you can surprise a few teams who think that you're not great. And the Canadians have continually done that. Now, they haven't won a ton of games in March. I think this is their third one. But overall, been great ho- been playing great hockey. It's been and fun to watch. To, to Jean-François Hull a little bit for, like, I, I I feel like they always get credit automatically. But every guy that came up from Laval has been ready. Uh, from Baron to, to Belzil and to Yulunin and, and to, uh, even Anthony Richard, you know, Raphael Hervé-Pinard. They've all looked really good. They have, and uh, Phil Doucet in the comments is saying uh, Ulanen is starting to heat up lately. Any love for our yeah. boy? What I notice more about Ulanen right now than just the production is that early in his career with the Canadians and early this season, we all knew he had a killer shot, but he wasn't he was getting... hesitant, though. Very hesitant and also wasn't finding getting himself space to get those shots off. Now he is finding those shots, and as soon as he started getting those shots... He started making more plays as well. So his playmaking yeah. has gotten better. There was a few times tonight where I noticed he was the guy along the boards in the defensive zone that mm-hmm. created a breakout or cleared the zone. Like all of his game has risen up as his confidence has risen in his shot. And I think that's going to be really important for him going forward. But I, I'm really impressed with him. Again, I think he's an NHLer. The Canadians are going to have some yeah. really tough decisions in the summer to make. I, well, I don't know what if I was thinking about you, Mark. Like- but it, I wonder you if you give him a contract, but I don't, I don't, I'm still not convinced he's a long-term part of this team, but he doesn't have to be right. Yeah, fair. He yeah. can, he can sign like a three or four year contract and halfway through that, if the Canadians feel that they could trade him for something else that they need, they can do that. Right. Yeah. It, it, as long as they're not paying him too much, which I don't think they will. No, it's they the same situation with, yeah, yeah. yeah with, with Harvey Pinard, right? Like I mentioned the other day that I think well, he's a UFA year, he, though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, he's still a, he's a group six. No, that's Anthony Shaw. Actually, keep talking. I'm, I'm going to look. That okay, up. I was going to say, no matter what, next year, I think that they should try Harvey Pinard with Suzuki and Caulfield at the start of the season, because really? I look at what Harvey Pinard has done on that first line against top competition. RFA. Yeah, okay, is worth trying out. You know, you've got a guy who can forecheck, who can create plays, who can finish scoring chances. 
with the two guys who already have offensive success together. And Harvey mm-hmm. Pinard's defensive numbers are spectacular. Really, for yeah. for what the Canadians are. So and I got some pushback on that. Like, relative this season. Yes, Everything is 100%. Relative. <laughs> but like, I got some pushback on that and people saying like, well, you know, he's not a guy who's going to be like winning Stanley Cups in the first time. Like, no, but he can play there right now. He's playing there currently. <laughs> and if you have to move him down the lineup in a couple of years it's as fine. more talented players graduate, who cares? He's versatile too. And you know what I love about, like, I'm still a little hesitant to say, oh yeah, this guy in the first line because... I look at a first line and I'm not sure Rafael Arvipinal deserves to be there. But when you look at the deficiencies between Caulfield and Suzuki, it's really getting to the net, right? Like their scoring chances are coming from around the hash marks and there's not a ton right down in the crease. And obviously that's what Rafael Arvipinal does best. So yeah, there might be a nice little uh, chemistry mix there. Hey, we got people in the chat right now from uh, Brisbane. Again, hey, how's it going, AD? How's it going? Uh, Kirkland Lake, which is actually where they make everything at Costco. That's like there's a little... <laughs> there's the a Kirkland brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Um, I want to talk about Gallagher now. Let's let's. I'm so happy for him because I know this has been a frustrating season and last year was a frustrating season and people are souring on him. Listen, like... There's a reason that Benjamin gave him that contract. It might have been a little short-sighted, but no one's going to say no to, to a huge raise after you've been underpaid your entire yep. career. Let's not forget, Gallagher was the best value player in the entire NHL for almost a solid like six years. Um, but let's forget about all that. How good is it to see him hyped and happy again? Because that's just something that we've been missing this year. 100%. And man, the injuries he's gone through the last three years, and even before that, you know, and Weber blew up his hand with a slap shot from the point. Like, just, <laughs> just the stupidest bad luck injury streak that started with him. And like, yeah, some of it is because he plays so hard and he goes to the tough areas. Sure. But like, yeah. that is not why his hand got blown up twice. One by a shot from his team, one by a shot from the other team. Like that's just bad luck. And that's what started his difficulty scoring, right? As he was coming back, playing with a hand that wasn't really working in the playoffs in 2021, Made some personal sacrifices, I would say, in those playoffs to continue playing. I think he like blew out his groin in like the first round or something like that. He was still playing just on the casually, first. just own groin in the first, you know. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. And he continued to play at a high level. And when like you know, Andrew, it, when I'm out of chapstick, I call an ambulance. Like I'm like, <laughs> you know, like that's just want to <clears throat> put that in reference there. Yeah, no, no, he's it's 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 great to see, and it's great to see him get that intensity back because. You almost saw him the last few games. Like he's he deserved better. First of all, this year he's the guy who's creating the more, most high danger chances per sixty. Still, like I know people are down on him, but the luck hasn't been there either. On top of the injuries, no, no. I think what did he shoot last year at even strength? He scored scored Zero one goal at one strength. point. Like... I think he scored one goal at the end of the season, but like okay, it was like one or two percent at even strength. And and this like, is a guy that's who just led... not Brendan Gallagher led the league and even strength goals for about like four years. Like he was right there with, he was above Matthews and then his hand got exploded real quick. And you know, but still, yeah, Brendan Gallagher deserves all the love. Um, Big fan of him. So, Hey, Gary's from Punta Cara right now on the beach. Enjoying. I'm a little bit jealous of that. Not going to lie. I mean, NDG is pretty nice. I don't know if you saw, but the the snow dump where all the rats live, you know, (laughs) (laughs) on Monkland. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's almost gone. So that, yeah, NDG is looking a lot better than usual. 
I also want to give some praise. Actually, you know what? Can we talk about Jake Allen for a second? Because I think that he's been good overall this season. But here's a statistic that I pulled out tonight. Did you know that since January, January 3rd, Jake Allen has let in the first shot of the game 48% of the time? Holy crap. I mean, it's not true, but you believed it. You believed oh, oh. that. Okay, you believed it. <laughs> so you lied. Yeah, I lied. Blatant lied. But <laughs> You're like, I know you, I researched Andrew. this. <laughs> I, know, I know you, Andrew. And usually if something's off, something would have, you know, you had a little ding, ding, ding. He, he does allow a lot of goals in the first shot. Does He was great he in the shootout. Fantastic. But man, there's something about the start of his, his, his games that's just off. Yeah, it ha- it has been a rough stretch for him too. I mean, the last three games coming into this one, he had a sixty percent save percentage against Colorado, sixty six point seven percent against Florida, and then eight ten against Boston. Where like, I honestly think Jake Allen was the difference between a win and a loss against Boston. Like, yeah, Jeremy Swayman was fantastic, and <laughs> Allen was very much not. But man, I'm I'm happy to see him have a good game. Uh, I know it wasn't a great game, but. He was he was the second best goalie tonight, but I thought he was solid in the shootout. The guy has Very swagger good. in the shootout. He does. He doesn't. He forces opponents to make the first move, and that's such a brilliant thing for a goalie to do. Like you're you're putting it's game theory, right? So it's like you're forcing them to make the first move. That means all the pressure's on them. So you're just reducing it down to 50-50. And most times the players will leave. You know they'll give something away. So yeah, no, I like I think he's even more calm than Carey Price in the shootout. Yeah, yeah. I mean. He's he moves less than Carey Price in the shootout, right? It's one of those things where, like, is it on purpose or is he old? But uh, <laughs> I, I will say he... that's, that's one of the things I ask myself every single day. <laughs> going 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 to the pharmacy and forgetting what I want on the way home. Like, I re- I really hope it's because I'm old. Yeah, yeah. But I I mean, we talked about a little bit before the show his patience and not biting on moves. Mm-hmm. It really aids him in the shoot. I feel like where people could expose him a bit more is just come in real fast and shoot. But if you're yeah. trying to deke on Jake Allen, like it doesn't work very well. No, absolutely not. No, no, he's got that positioning down pat. Uh, all right, we got uh, Trinka's from Snowy Old St. John's, and I'm assuming we're talking about Newfoundland here because he didn't go S I I N T, which is the New Brunswick one. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I again I I'm a big fan of Jake Allen. Most of the the main reason the Canadians even made that cup final was because Jake Allen, like we forget this, but he he floated the Habs during the season. Price was absent yeah. for a huge part of that season. So and and what I love also as well, he knows the situation he's in. It's not easy. Like he's been eased off of being a start. Like he's essentially the anti-Jordan Benning Jordan Bennington because he's nice, he's supportive, he's not a dick all the time. He's the perfect guy to have around someone like Samuel Montambo. I'm I'm and his his wife's fantastic. Like the whole Allen crew's fantastic. They represent New Brunswick so well. So really happy to have him on the uh, on the team. But maybe you sub him in like five minutes into the game. <laughs> moving moving forward. It's like the opposite of remember back in the day, this is like way long ago. It was like the first year of the shootout when the Maple Leafs like pulled, I think it was Oh, they gamed it? Basically and then they put in Curtis Joseph just for the shootout because they were like Joseph's better in the shootout. <laughs> it's like a forty-year-old goalie coming in cold. <laughs> Isn't it easy to hear them like, like cracking hours? as he's <laughs> 
And I, I don't think he made a single save. It no, was like uh, no, not warmed up. He's got like arthritis <laughs> of the nineties running through his knees. No, no, no. That's that that, that that's that's um, galaxy braining it. Yeah, just and Kay brings bit. up that uh, Jake Allen is also a fantastic quote. You remember the hot and horny quote that he had early in the year? <laughs> that was amazing. That was a uh, bonk. You go to horny jail, uh, Jake Allen. Um. <laughs> sorry yeah so i also want to talk about i you know we we tossed this around before the game but i'm kind of starting to get what people mean or dallas fans are saying about dennis curry oh by the way before i'm sure k already mentioned it in the chat but you gotta like and subscribe or this else. is true or else i know where you no 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 sorry i'm gonna be nice just like and subscribe we'll find you tell your Tell you, we will find, no, tell your friends about it. Uh, we have a fun community here. This is what we love in the chat is every time we go to do a show, we're like, man, can't wait to see who's in the chat and who's talking. So big fan of everyone here. And we love how much you support us. Seriously, it is much appreciated. Um, yeah, as King of the North says, it's super duper horny jail for Jake. It seems like a fun locker room, though. I'll give them this. Like, it could be a disaster of a season in terms of morale, but I feel like they're, they're legitimately just having fun through it because they knew from the start. Oh, by the way, they're not eliminated from the playoffs. They were going to be. So there's still a That's chance. Right. But I feel like it's a pretty darn healthy locker room. Well, we already discussed this, Mark, that they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year because of all the similarities between them and the 1970s dynasty Canadians. Remember? Yeah, absolutely. So that's why they're not eliminated yet. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. There's, um, you have not played on that team. And Jordan Harris's girlfriend, Cody, who she's great. She also won a, a bean pot with, uh, I believe, uh, Northeastern. Her dog, Walker, is called Guy. So there are so many similarities. Between so many. The, yeah, so many. Okay, Remily brings up a, um, a good point here. What about Prem one? Someone asked me earlier, they asked us earlier, what was the point? From what I heard is there's been a little bit of a promise like, Hey, Caden, we're going to give you some NHL starts. Cause, and that's, I've heard that from two different places, nothing super concrete, but do you remember when they first brought him up, up and they basically just dogged him? They're like, Nope, you haven't started in a month and a half. So where you're not getting a start, which is like, cool. Like, why am I here? And he's been playing really well for the Laval rocket. Let's not forget, despite him, perhaps not even reaching, like he's a seventh round pick, but he got hyped. Um, he's still 23 years old. There's still some developmental runway there. So from what I heard, the goal is to get him into a few games and he can even go back to Laval, I believe, this weekend and not miss a game. So, you know, maybe there's been a, a this is pure rumor mongering on my part, make that very clear, but um, could possibly be that him or his agent were like, hey man, like we got promised when when he was 20, he was supposed to be a backup in the NHL. So that's what Marc Bergevin essentially said to convince him to sign uh was just come here and next year you'll be carry prices back up and that obviously didn't happen so that's what i heard about caden primo yeah i feel bad for him it's been a long time in the american hockey league but at the same time you kind of have to earn it too and i know he had a fantastic run with laval last year but he's been pretty inconsistent this year like decent and for stretches and rough for stretches, and that's kind of been the Laval Rocket all year, right? Is yeah. every time they seem to get some momentum, the Canadians have 15 injuries and have to call yeah. up their first line and right. second line, you know? So it, it's kind of tough, but I think Caden Primo now is in, like, if he has a future with this team, he's got to very quickly start locking horns with Sam Montembeau and challenging him for starts. 
It can't yeah. be about like charity starts, which I don't know if this necessarily is, but let's hope he makes the most of it against the Flyers. Although I know a lot of people want the Canadians to lose just for Primo, not to look like he did last year in the NHL. We'll say that. <laughs> Noel again, he's like Bergevin, short-sighted. That's the second time. <laughs> don't make me start defending Bergevin. I do it once or twice a year. I don't think I'm going to do it right now. I, I, I think it's time to give him a legitimate chance, just because. I mean, hey, what do you have to lose here? First of all, and, and it really felt unfair that they kept them up for over. Essentially, he didn't get games in for all of February or January. Like that's that's pretty rough on our young goalies. I remember it's him tough. when he was he was sharing the, the net with three goalies, and that happened in Laval for way too long. And, you know, he'd be like, man, I, it's really hard to build momentum when you're sharing the net with three goalies. So I know that he wants consistency. Um, again, I'm just purely speculating, but I get a sense that there's been a little bit of pressure from the primo camp. Like, hey, give give me my shot. Um, does Sean, Phil asked, does Sean Farrell play the Philly game with primo? Yeah, so just to burn a year of his contract. Okay. No matter what Farrell's going to play a game this year and burn a year of his contract. Like that's kind of the, the Charlie Lindgren, uh, Jordan Harris, Cole Caulfield deal. Well, um, I think it, he burns a year no matter what. Right. Cause the slide rule is to play only for though, teens. Huh? Uh, I think it's the slide rule is only for teens. Once you're over 20, uh, if you sign a contract, it's going to burn whether you play in the American league or the, the NHL. Well, he can't, matter. he can't play. Okay. And that's the other part. He can't play in the American league because he signed his contract after the trade deadline. So everyone that's wondering, like, is he going to go down for Laval? Absolutely not. But yeah, they can't um, paper him down, right? It's too late. Yeah, they, like, exactly. He signed it after the trade deadline. That was like, that's, you know, when they have to paper him. I will say this, though. As much as we've hyped him, and I've been just like, you know, chucking that call in the choo-choo train. You're really looking at guys that's got like middle six potential. Like, I wouldn't even consider top line for him right now. But you're going to see a guy that's, very 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 good with the puck in the sense that he's not necessarily someone that'll react he's anticipating and you have to be pretty smart to play with him so you know finish the season with the second highest points per game 1.53 actually tied with logan cooley to give you an idea um and he was playing with an all-star roster we'll say that with harvard but i still think that his game will be better with nhl players that are a little more you know adjusted to, to high speed to, to to cerebral hockey so that i think he's one of those players where professional hockey will do him some good but i don't expect him to ever go beyond like the second third line type of uh potential no and that's that's fine right you want yeah. it's the same Fifth kind of thing pick, is fourth round pick like is like uh harvey penard right now does harvey penard have first line potential no he's just no. playing on the first line right now that's yeah what happens with rebuilding teams. Now, Sean Farrell might get those kind of chances over the next year or two, but... You, you, uh, you might as well, right? Yeah, you, you just want him to be the best player that he can be and impact the lineup where he fits, and that's probably second, third line. And if you have a, pl a player, if he hits as skilled as Sean Farrell is on your second and third lines, nothing to complain about. Absolutely not, and that's, that's what you want to get. Well, obviously, you want to draft stars, but... For the longest time, the Montreal Canadiens weren't getting those depth, or not just depth, but you know, second, third line players from the draft. They actually had to go out and trade for them. So yep. it's encouraging that you're getting some there. Okay, Kay mentions here, um, Jake Evans, just heart, heart. Obviously, me too. Love me some Jake Evans. Did you see his little bunny hop before Gallagher score? <laughs> it was fantastic. But you mentioned before the show, Andrew, that Evans and Gallagher are showing some pretty darn good chemistry together, aren't they? Yeah, it it makes sense, right? It's just two guys who will outwork 
everybody else. And maybe also two guys who the conditioning isn't quite where they want it to be, but leave it all out on the ice every single shift, right? At the end of every shift, they're probably dog tired heading back to the bench. So maybe teams, if they watch that, can catch them a little bit at the ends of shifts. But man, both of them have been incredibly impressive the last couple games here. I think as much as Gallagher gets all the love for scoring goals, Evans has been facilitating everything on those lines. Like I look at Evans and I, I didn't want to talk about it too much on the last show because it was an A2 win. You got to just focus on the positives. But when I watch Jake Evans on the third line, and then I watch Christian Dvorak in that same role, it's wild to me that one of them is getting paid three times what the other one is, and it's the wrong one. Like, I think Jake Evans is probably paid a, a fair wage for what he yeah. is. 1.9, I think, but yeah. Man, he is so much better than Christian Dvorak. And I don't say that to trash Dvorak because he was put in a situation he should never have been in when the Canadians acquired him. And they're like, hey, can you replace Phil Deneau and <laughs> just Ray Kokaniemi? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Jake Evans has stepped up. Benjamin, short-sighted? Continually. No. <laughs> Noel, in the chat, here's your cue. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I find he's feisty, too. Like, one thing that happened he right is. before the injury is that the Habs early January were just walk like bring out your dead, you know, bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. You will be in a moment. That's what it was. It was a Monty Python skit. And I feel like at that point, and I'm not blaming Nick Suzuki because I think he's done really well in a rough year, but there was maybe a little lack of like leadership perhaps from some of the others. And Evans really stepped up, not just his intensity. Like he, he was the guy leading the charge and showing the other veterans, like you can, you guys can do stuff too. And I think he picked up right where he left off, which is great because despite all this, Andrew, he's at risk of losing his job. And in, in like, he's one of those guys that could get shuffled out and he's well aware of that. He knows he has to work harder. So like I, someone asked, I think last show that I was on, do you necessarily keep Evans in the mix? And I say, yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two, he's not. So that means he has to work harder than everyone else yeah and he seems game to do that right and i think we've seen that continually whenever he does get a chance uh he can play center i think he's also willing to play the wing we saw that in the playoffs in 2021 right yeah in laval he did a little bit of it a little bit yeah he just seems like a guy who no matter what challenge you put him to he will find a way to rise to it even if he's not the most skilled he is just incredibly hardworking, and he does have some skill like if oh, you put yeah, together pull it out once in a while, eh? Yeah, if you put together a highlight pack of Jake Evans' goals, you there's, could probably convince people that there. he's like, a, <laughs> yeah, you. There's a lot of beauties in there. You could probably convince people he's a forty goal scorer just yeah, based absolutely. on the the stuff that he pulls off. He put is, some like techno in the background and something, and then go. <laughs> why does every hockey highlight like they finish it? It's beautiful, and they're like, now let me just put on the shittiest music you've ever heard. I'm old. Okay, I was just, just like Skrillex so, every time. I, exactly. I don't want to hear a, a fax machine having sex with my toaster. I want. I want to hear. No, I guess Pink Floyd wouldn't. You know the only hockey highlight video I ever did. I put Johnny Cash when the man comes to town. That's the remember the Carey Price one. Yep, um, it's a good video. It, it was. I did, I did good with that one. Yeah. Um. So, do we get to? Oh yeah, I also wanted to defend Mike Hoffman. I have a whole paragraph. Do we have time for that? I mean, we have time for whatever the hell we want to do, man. Okay, well, super. stop shitting on Mike Hoffman, okay? He deserves better. Honestly, 100%. Andrew, if it wasn't for his reputation, I don't think he'd be getting dogged as much as he does right now by all the fans. I know it hasn't been the best year, but in terms of, like, value, what he gives you, 
at 4 million, you're getting a guy that probably should have closer to 20 goals, but you're not going to get much more than that in the NHL um, for a veteran, right? That, that Like you're not going to get a 200 foot player. Mike Hoffman can't identify his goalie in a police lineup, but he's done pretty <laughs> good for the Habs, hasn't he? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like we also have to give credit to like Mike Hoffman wasn't signed to the Montreal Canadiens to be on a rebuilding team, right? Mark Bergevin thought Mark he was Bergevin. filling holes. I know. No. I know. He thought he was getting like the contender back together. They just went to the Stanley Cup final and lost. Everything was going to be fine. Which I, I don't know how he thought that, considering the losses that they had and the fact that Carey Price wasn't going to play. Yeah. It, it was, man, I... It was a, we could talk like, about that summer forever. He wanted to but... save it was, it was a saving his job. That's what it was. Like, right. You know, Bachelet actually had done pretty good not to do that. But essentially, Jeff Molson said, like, buddy, you have one more year. That's it. Yeah. And like Hoffman signed basically to be a power play weapon, third line scorer, where you could chip in like 20 to 25 Shooting goals on a, yeah. on a good yeah. team that could support his deficiencies. Instead, he was just kind of laid to waste and exploited. Uh, or exploit is not the right word, but like exposed. Uh, and every team was able to pick him apart over and over and over again. And the fact is, since this season started, he has changed his game incredibly. Like we talk a lot about Josh Anderson and how well he's changed uh, over the last had an evolution year. too. Yeah, yeah. Hoffman has done the same thing. Not in terms, not as much in terms of what you see on the ice, right? Like, Josh Anderson, you could tell because he was such a one-note player. When he adds things to his game, you're like, whoa, Josh Anderson can do that. But Mike Hoffman, here's the thing. No longer a risk defensively. He is just no, no, he, decent like defensively for, now. For most of the season, he was actually rocking like a, a 58% expected goals, where the second halves player was at like 32%, roughly, you know? That was another lie. But yeah, Mike Hoffman for the first half of the year was probably their best possession player. So yeah, like, like I, his, his main drawback right now is that he takes too many penalties, which I think he took two tonight. So yeah, like that was, he was getting, <laughs> this, I don't want to be mean, but every time I see him, like I saw him angry at the penalty, but he's got a happy face carved into his, his, his face. So it looks like he's <laughs> smiling, but <clears throat> sorry, still have a little bit of congestion uh, left inside me. Okay. Um, James asks. What are your thoughts about the Fanatics NHL deal? And I have very, very heavy thoughts about that, but I'm going to let you go first, Andrew. I mean... C'est de la merde. Sorry, go ahead. You better get used to hand washing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in a river. you want to keep your jersey. (laughs) Because if you throw that thing in the dryer, it's coming out in strips. It's like, do not machine wash, do not hand wash, do not dry clean. (laughs) Like, just... Okay, I, no, I, here's I, here's what I would say. Like, if I was going to say, like, let's give Fanatics a chance. This is no, my message not. to it's garbage Fanatics, the company. Okay, number one, Hold. close your company. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> number one, fold your company. No, yeah. number one, maybe invest in some quality materials and stitching. Number two, you want to make a big impact on like fans buying jerseys, the specialty jerseys that come out yeah. for like pride. The one that everyone's and, like, Oh my God, that's so nice. Yeah. The ones that are designed by local artists all the time. And everyone goes gaga over. Yeah. Make them, make, make them. those not practice jerseys, make them full jerseys. I know it's expensive. Sell them for expensive prices. Yeah. The, we can't have this situation where you can only get those jerseys via auction. That kind of sucks. 
sell those freaking jerseys negotiate what you have to with the nhl to make it happen spend the money to make it happen that will actually turn i think some fan ire into like something positive in the nhl but man you got to be able to have clothing that doesn't fall apart and here actually give me one second i'm going to show you something i didn't plan this but i have it right here all right mark is off screen now so i'm entertaining everyone fun part about them is that like Look, this is the quality of the stitching, okay? So uh, do you notice that there's like just a, like the, there's a tooth? There's a yeah, tooth it's not in great. There. This isn't all their stuff. Like every single thing is poorly stitched. So now you have, I, I got so much free Fanatics gear and like I would just walk out of the Bell Center, chuck it in the garbage, walk out because you can't even clean it. You literally cannot clean it once. C'est yeah. de la merde. C'est de la merde. Canty Canadian in the chat says, Fanatics jersey cleaning instructions. Do not wear. buy it frame it and never let it see like get the glass like i've got oh oh, no it is behind me the the carrie price one that i have up higher that you can't actually see on stream it has that glass on it that's like anti-glare and like uv rays can't go through it yeah yeah, you have to remove oxygen from there too like (laughs) yeah put it in the louvre it's got to be at 7% relative humidity at all times. So get your barometer. Okay. For example, I got this t-shirt for free for going to UFC 124. Okay. This was a free t-shirt from the UFC that you got as a member of their fan club. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. I, I met, I met Dana White. People thought he was Moby at uh, Archambault. Anyways, <laughs> and this is a free t-shirt that they gave out to like 50,000 people and it has held up. Fanatics legitimately oxidizes on contact <laughs> with oxygen. So <laughs> okay. it, it's it's kind of a telling sign. I think Nike owns every single big league in, in, in North America right now, except for hockey. And obviously the NHL would have taken it. And yeah. Nike was just like, mm, yeah, I, I would rather not do that. That was their, their option there. And they could have gotten it for cheap. So, yeah, I just... Not uh, great. And I see Phil Desette says that he bought one Fanatics Montreal jersey and the fabric glue that fake stitches the lettering <laughs> fell off after three months and I bought it brand new. It Listen, lasted three months? Three wow. months? Wow. That's the longest lasting Fanatics jersey that's gonna ever existed. They're going to put that existed. as a testimonial on their website. <laughs> <laughs> a screen cap of that is going to be on the Fanatics website tomorrow just, morning. It lasted three months. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just, I feel like the NHL is just so out of touch with and the line I showed you, you know, the, the C with a tooth in it, that's their um, Mitchell and Ness line, which is actually like high end. Like that sweater is probably 150 bucks. By the way, if someone wants it, Jeez. send me a DM on Twitter. I wore it once. I'll send it to you. But all the rest of my gear, just to give you a better idea, I washed it. Obviously, I wore it for like 30 minutes with the Habs. And I was going to the Salvation Army to bring a bunch of stuff. And as I was sorting, because you don't want to bring stuff that's not nice, right? You want to make it like pretty much new. Almost all the fanatic stuff ended up in the garbage because it wasn't Oof. like it wasn't wasn't worthy after one wash to go to the Salvation Army and and that's I think essentially you know. M and B says it Phil's jersey lasted three months because shipping took two point nine months. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god! Okay, uh, Mark, should we talk about Pierre Luc Dubois because we got to talk about it. <laughs> Can we just keep slamming fanatics? <laughs> just wait wonder- until they get a sponsorship with SDPN and we have to like redact this entire segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just like the news, like Game Over Montreal has been canceled, uh, you know, due to creative differences. But <laughs> all right. Yeah, we can move on <laughs> from fanatics. Um... Oh, my God, Evan. That was too freaking good. 
Uh, I never had to buy their stuff, but if you go online, you'll see like the New York Rangers and there's an Islanders logo, which is just like, it's, it's not even just missing a little bit. It's not even on in the in the dining room table, you know, it's not even in the living room. Okay, so um, <laughs> thank you. Okay, I'm already choking. I already have a little bit of the cough left, so that that almost killed me. Thank you, Evan. Um, Pierre Le Dubois on 32 Pod 32 Thoughts podcast. Frieden mentioned he essentially listen. Everyone, every other hockey insider has mentioned it, but yep. no one of Friedman's ilk. Like I'd say he's still probably the, you know, the guy that has the most ears. Like uh Lebrun mentioned it, Johnson mentioned he's it. He's got that gravitas, right? But Kiprios, yeah, it's just uh Elliot Friedman essentially if he says it like that's, you know, locked in. So he said 95% chance that he I love that. Just 95% chance. So, um obviously Dubois wants to come to Montreal. The thing is, they've been talking about a trade. Dubois is an RFA this year. So yep. he could sign a one-year extension, come to Montreal. What are your feelings here? Because a lot of people are saying it's the time to move. And, and when you look at it, there's rarely been, let's forget that he's a Francophone. That's great. But there's rarely been a guy in his prime, 25 years old center or 24 either. Um, 24. So, yeah. So controllable contracts. So you can sign him something hopefully long-term. Like it's almost too greedy to say let it expire and we're going to come get you you have to but if he's really truthful about this that's the route the canadians have to take well here's the thing because i I don't know if you saw like the details of how badly the jets screwed the pooch on this one because apparently these two teams have been talking about this for like over a year Mm -hmm. um yeah he's an rfa the jets Mm -hmm. could theoretically extend him for a year (laughs) until he's the ufa here's the other thing that could happen though the Montreal Canadiens can talk to Dubois' agent and say, we're going to send an offer sheet to the Jets for $4.19 million. That's not a lot for you, but it's going to be one year. And you're going to now, sign the Jets, the Jets could choose not to match and get one second round pick. That's it. Or they could match it. Then they can't trade him for a calendar year, walk him to UFA, and then lose him for nothing. That's such a... So- gangster yet like dick move but i love it that's amazing yeah so what what i heard is basically the canadians are gonna say like you can get a second round pick and we'll give you a b prospect we'll so give you a, a riley kidney early. like you know i wouldn't i wouldn't even trade riley kidney okay now we're getting a little greedy here <laughs> for sure greedy but like logan mayu you can take logan mayu I, I would actually, yeah, I'd actually hold on to him there in terms of like for for right-handed defensemen, very few. But yeah, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> Who's getting greedy now? Yeah, well, exactly. Fair. Well, hey, man, they need, again, Madison Bowie's the only guy in Laval that shoots right. But essentially, it's not going to take, see, um, it's not going to cost an arm and a leg to, to, to bring Dubois in, which is the exciting no. part. I really like what you're doing. Do you think Hughes would do that, though? Or would he just kind of like, oh, by the way, I don't know if you read section 42B of the CBA. It's pretty interesting. You might want to might want to read up on that. Or do you think? Do I think Hughes and Gorton would exhaust, like, exhaust every tiny bit of leverage they have to get a player they would really like on the team? Yes. Uh, okay. Gorton actually and did even almost like, this. Even he sour don't... relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, with the Jets, who cares? Uh, <laughs> they, like, you're not going to get. have an airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So they have to drive Dubois here. But uh, Gordon did almost this exact thing with Adam Fox, right? Mm-hmm. They could have pushed the envelope in the offseason and got him a different way. He only wanted to go to New York. But instead, they traded 
a little bit of a sweetener to get him there earlier. I think that's what's going to happen with Dubois. But the thing that, like, I'm not 100% sold on Dubois. I still think back to that, the way that he quit on Columbus. I know I'm not the only one. The way he quit on Columbus bothers me. The way that this whole Jets thing has gone down. Yeah, it's about wanting to come to Montreal, but it still kind of bothers me that it's played out the way it has. Jets fans have a a legit reason to be kind of like, Fuck you, man. <laughs> oh, they should hate this guy. Yeah. And I know yeah. poor poor Liz Hood, who hosts uh, Game Over Winnipeg, he's one of her favorite players, him and Line, which is ironic. Yeah. But, like, Jets fans should hate this guy. They should absolutely despise this guy. But he's a near point per game, six mm-hmm. foot four, 24 year old center in his prime. You add that to Suzuki and Doc. But the big thing that makes me excited about this move is not necessarily Dubois himself, who I know is a good player, but I've heard. Nobody who has dealt with him really <laughs> likes him that much. But what I've heard through the grapevine is b- if they get Dubois, who's the big player, who's already a, a safe, yes. established player in the NHL, that will give the Habs brass latitude to draft a small player in the top five to seven spots, like which a, is where they are like right now. Like a Mishkov or something? Like a Matt Mishkov, Mishkov second line. Boom. Yeah. So, like, th- there have been consistent rumors that they were going to pass on Mishkov because of the size issue, which I'm not sure I totally believe. It's like, maybe it's being talked about, but the talent level is so high. But yeah. if they get Dubois, that gives them the space or the the size difference in the lineup to take Mishkov. It's oh, worth yeah. it on that alone. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, I don't trust Bobrov would, like... It's not his style. He he just likes big European players, but uh, you can't. You, Mishkov would be the number one pick last year and probably next year too. You know, if if it if he was in those draft years, um, <laughs> Trinka. <laughs> it was a Trinka or Trizak. I was. <laughs> I think it was Trinka. I was saying I can't wait to get my dubious. Uh, Dubois jersey, my jersey from Fanatics. <laughs> Sorry, I, I really want to go back to trashing Fanatics because it's 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 mm, it's, a, it's too easy. Terrible. Um, I think we're just about done, eh, Andrew. That was a fun game. That was all in all. Right now, the Habs are just in a good like as we always mention, and it's always the vibe here. Vibes are good. The vibes are good with the Habs too, and I think you're you're seeing it with the fans because. Remember about a month ago, people were like, eh, they're not tanking enough. Yeah, that they were always tanking enough. There were some cries that Hughes didn't do enough. Like, trade Matheson, trade Kirby Dog, <laughs> trade Suzuki. And I think we're seeing now that obviously they're not going to get, I mean, well, they might, but they're going to finish fourth, fifth in, in the odds. To, to So in terms of development, I think they've done pretty good there considering, but it's been a good, bad year for the Canadians, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. It's like a lot of the things that have, you wanted to happen in, in this season have happened. You know, the young players have stepped up. The rookies on defense have been the best players on defense outside of Mike Matheson. Big time. Big time. You know, like, I I talked about it on stream uh, when they played Boston, right? But like there, there are games. I don't know if you can say one game can like shape the identity of a team. But if one game could, that game did. You, yep. you see the positivity that these guys are playing with, the way they have each other's backs, the way, like, Arbor Jackai is out. They don't have that big hammer on the back end to, like, stand up for them. And they're standing up for each other. You know, yep. they're playing these teams. This this game got really physical with Buffalo. And I don't think they have the size that Buffalo has. No. But they didn't more. shrink from it at any point. Uh, I'm just really impressed. They're, they're, they're Chris Weidman. And I'm not, that's not a joke. Like, that's actually what we saw from Chris. Remember last year, Chris Weidman was the Habs enforcer? Yep. 
when he had like six fights in the last half of the season. He was just right? tasty. And I'll be honest, I mean, it's not an issue in my case, but if I had a pretty face like that, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I'd want to um, invite people to punch me right in the face. Okay, yeah, so it uh, it was Trizak that did that. So who's obviously named after a delicious cracker. Uh, okay, yeah, Kay says she'd keep Matheson. Matheson's going to be so important moving forward. And I... I was a little sarcastic this year because I wasn't sold on Matheson coming in, but I was like, man, house fans are going to miss Jeff Petrie. Like, ha, ha, ha. Um, eh, not missing Jeff Petrie very much, are we? No, no. And I think Mike Matheson also, he is helping elevate the young defensemen too. Like you look at Big what time. Justin Barron and Jordan Harris are trying now after seeing Mike Matheson They're do it. Activating like, oh, all, all right. Time. Yeah. We can do cool stuff. So I, I think he's really important to keep around. Like the, the potential package you would have to get for it to actually be worth it for Montreal to move Mike Matheson. I don't think any such team's a crucial, that such a crucial part. Like it's the same thing as when Kirby Doc came back in the lineup. He changes the complexion of the team up front. Matheson changes everything. And I think the person who loves him the most is Martin Saint Louis because he enables the team to play that kind of not fire firebrand hockey, but just up tempo. Hockey, which I'll be honest, we weren't seeing before Matheson really joined the lineup. So, um, <laughs> so to me, Mike Matheson, I, I don't know if I want to say MVP this year because you got to give it to Nick Suzuki just for like surviving, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just the first. Well, I mean, he, he is the straw that stirs the drink. There's no question about that for Nick. Absolutely. No, no, no. He's, 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 I was, was going to go into like five more metaphors there. We don't need it, but no, no, he's absolutely the glue that holds it all together. Uh, and that's the other point. Evan points out, we've talked about this all the time, but see, star, star, good. She knew he's a Quebecois. Uh, he's happy to play her point Claire native. So, and if we want to add another skills coach to the roster, we have Emily Matheson. I mean, I know she's busy kicking ass being one of the best hockey players out there, but you know, there might be a future for her with the Montreal Canadiens. Not the worst idea. I mean, no, that's a family that can skate, man. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, Nick Suzuki stayed alive. If we did like superlatives there, like most likely to not die. Most, in the, most likely in the to stay alive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, hey, listen, I don't want to trash Jeff Petrie too much because he did so much. And, and, and I'll say this, everyone soured on him. Being away from your family during the pandemic while you know, stuff is going down and then you can't, it's, it's, hard. it's really tough. It's very, it's very tough, especially if there is sickness going on there. And I can relate to that. It's, it's, it, it, it destroys your soul. It distracts you from everything. So I hate the way it ended and I know why people are sour, but Jeff Petrie did a lot of good things for over half a decade here. And he was the best defenseman. I'm sorry, Shea Weber for five years straight. That, he that was, he was the number one D. And the fact is the Canadians got their, the best years of Jeff Petrie. Yeah. And then traded yeah. him for the for next younger, Jeff Petrie. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was, I guess, Pittsburgh lost faith in Mike Matheson. Is that it? Like after one year and he, he was okay. I think they might be dumb, Mark. I think they're just dumb. <laughs> just Occam's razor here is um, the acid. I, I agree. I think um, on that note, that's uh, the best way to, 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 to end today's stream. Thank you, everyone in the chat. Seriously, we, we love all of you. Big fans, please, please like the stream. Please like us. <laughs> we would like to be like, and don't forget to subscribe to SDPN. And we might have a little um, announcement in one of these next episodes, though. So I'm not going to, it was Adam does that all the time. He like 
teases announcements, right? Teases the announcement. I've, I've teased what we're going to do, but we're going to lock it down soon. Lock it down. And uh, hopefully everyone can participate. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us at Game Over. We have Andrew Berkshire. I am Marc Dumont. You are all a bunch of awesome Habs fans. And okay, K says one last quote by MSL. So I'm, I'm waiting for waiting for that. Um. Oh yeah, about the Tiger <laughs> Williams celebration. For those that missed it at the beginning of the episode, we were just praising Michael Pizzetta, not just for the story. This guy works hard. And, and this is one little thing, and I know it's going to sound like a humble brag, but I remember at one point I signed a contract with the Habs, just like a one-year extension, and so did he. Obviously, we're not the same level of, of, of value, but I went to congratulate him. And he turned around, he's like, hey man, I, like, I saw you sign a contract, congratulations. And I was like, oh wow, like that's... He's genuinely a good guy that cares about stuff. So, on the celebration, for those that didn't see it, uh, he scored in the shootout, which Martin Saint-Louis is just playing with house money, and we love it. Um, Saint-Louis said, I didn't see the celebration. The players told me afterwards, but I didn't see it. The guys in front of me were all standing up. <laughs> so, <laughs> was it just too short there? Uh, and they're pretty big. Oh, yeah, they're pretty big guys. I didn't see much. <laughs> Too funny. The life of a hobbit. Do you think St. Louis is like <laughs> he asked people at the grocery store? He brings Caden Gooley with him to the grocery store. Well, not now. Caden Gooley can't stand up. <laughs> All of his joints no, are destroyed. Sorry, those Kay. Qu- those quads he can bounce like he can just bounce as if he's on a trampoline. <laughs> just yeah, just like <laughs> he never does the far jump, but he can you get like a like a cricket like 47 times his height. Bonne nuit tout le monde. Merci tout le monde. That is it for game over. And uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Andrew is hosting tomorrow. So make sure to check that out. Like and subscribe. Thank you everybody in the chat. We love you all. Bonne nuit and see you soon. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada Sportsbook.